Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Coming up, we'll hear from Winnipeg police on the destruction of a couple of warming huts on Henry at homeless camps there. Sean Jeffrey from the Manitoba Restaurant and Food Association will talk about the delivery of alcohol from restaurants. That will be happening soon. Alan Castell, owner of Alpha Technologies on smart TV security, and we'll talk to a couple of Winnipeg retailers about their very good Black Friday sales. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. The president and founder of Urban Knights and Ladies Peace Patrol, they've been at it since the 70s, and they put up a couple of warming huts, actual huts built by students, at a couple of homeless camps on Henry, and they were torn down by officials last night. And uh, joining us on the phone now from the Winnipeg Police Service, Sergeant, please pronounce your name because apparently I didn't do a very good job of it. Brian? Yeah, it's okay. It's Brian Prupolo. Prupolo. All right, Brian. So what happened last night with these warming huts on Henry? Actually, it was Friday night, Okay, uh, to be clear. All right. Um, so they were put in place on Friday, and uh, they were removed at 7 o'clock. Um, unfortunately, at 7 o'clock, it is dark. We didn't do it under the cover of darkness. We weren't trying to hide anything, so I'd like to clarify that part. Sure. Um, you know, the, the, the structures were put in place, and uh, they were put on city property, and, and they shouldn't have been. They should have had permission if they were going to do uh, an initiative such as this. And, and like you said, um, their heart was in the right place. Uh, just the, the effort wasn't exactly what we were looking for. Yeah, obviously Michael's upset, and I'd love to get him on to talk with him. I, I can't reach him, so I'm reading from his email, and I'll read the whole thing uh, later on. Was that the issue here, that it was city property? So, I, you know, Howie, make a very good point in, in relation to trying to contact Michael. Uh, we had tried to contact him as well. Um, he had mentioned in his email that uh, there was a text message from me, which is correct. I had made a number of phone calls to Michael to try to uh, to let him know that this wasn't uh, this, they shouldn't be doing this. Um, we had actually went out the night before to try to find the address uh, to get a hold of Michael, but unfortunately, the email address or the email that's listed is a is a post office box at the Rexall at Portage and, and Maryland. So, trying to contact the organization to let them know that. Um, you know, they're about to do something that, that is against a number of bylaws. And, and you know, they sh- we appreciate their efforts, but at the same time, uh, the focus wasn't the uh, in the right direction. And, and it would have been a lot better if they would have contacted the End Homelessness Committee and had some conversations about what we're doing with that with that organization. Yeah, and I appreciate you clarify, uh, clarifying some of the facts. But again, what's the issue here? Was it that it was city property? Because you mentioned that at first. Is it because it was city property? What bylaws uh, were violated? Or is it because uh, the organizations that are dealing with homelessness right now weren't contacted? No, so it's a, it's a number of things. There are bylaws. There's zoning references, which the city of Winnipeg put out a media release earlier uh, about tiny homes and, and what can be done. Um, conditional use through zoning. Um, there's 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 a process that has to be followed for for sewer water and and stuff like that. Um, and and again, the, the complaint as as they seem to think it didn't come from 75 Martha. The, the complaint came from somebody in the community saying, "Hey, we understand people are camping. They're 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 understanding of that. They're homeless and 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 everything. But but now people have put up permanent structures and." 
you know, there's a number of concerns that the Winnipeg police would have. There's a number of concerns for fire, for, you know, what if somebody starts a fire in there and it catches fire? Who's right. responsible? Who's liable for, for right. anything that happens on that property? Um, and, and again, without having the ability to talk to people beforehand to understand what's going on, um, we came into this where, where somebody said they've dropped two structures. Uh, there's no note on there or anything saying why they're there or what they're doing or, or are they going to continue to to make improvements to them. There was nothing like that whatsoever. Um, and then after they were removed, I had spoken to Michael who indicated, uh, sorry about that, wasn't the exact right process to go through. Um, so hopefully he tells you that when you do talk to him. But uh, we had a conversation and, and explained that, you know, you're moving structures that size. We don't know what's going on. And, you know, there is an actual committee and, and we're working to, to make improvements with, with homelessness. You know, they've done a media release as well, that they're trying to, to to deal with people, like dealing with homelessness and they're members of the community. And we're looking for long-term solutions, which involve uh, outreach programs, 24-7 safe spaces and adequate low income and supportive housing. That's yeah. also part of the program. So. Right. Uh, Sergeant, I'll just say this. So they went up on Friday, and Friday night at around 7, they were torn down. How long did you try to contact Michael? And I'll just play devil's advocate here because I think he is a great guy with a great organization trying to make a difference. I'm not so sure that hours is enough time. This is just my opinion. You can disagree, and I expect you to. I don't think hours is enough time to say, whoa, things weren't done right here. There's a real value to these huts. They were built by students. Let's work together to get them out of there. Did you give it enough time? I, I appreciate your your exact sentiment, and and I'll, I'll put it to you this way: We tried the night before. I sent two officers out personally to look for for the structures, to try to make contact with Michael and his organization. Actually, in the emails, it's listed as Patrick. Uh, there's a phone number. We've contacted the phone number. I personally called the phone number beforehand. Uh, so there, it's not just a couple of hours. It was it was beforehand to let them know that they shouldn't be doing what they're about to do. And they did. And then there was a period of time where there were a number of conversations about, about what to do with the situation. It, they weren't permanent structures like, like I see in another media release that, that, that has gone out. It, this wasn't a finished tiny home. This, this, is, this was wood finished. Uh, it didn't have the, the siding, which is on the inside of the building in a, in a pile. Uh, there's pieces of wood that we've taken pictures of before anything was moved. We, we've done our due diligence to try to let these people know that Although the efforts are, are well-intended, it's, it's not something that we can have right now. Sure. and But not even if it was more finished than what it was, it wouldn't have changed what you had to do, right? No, it wouldn't have changed what we would yeah. have had to do. I would have probably changed a little bit in, in trying to, to hold off as long as we could if they were completely finished to try to, to make more contacts. But, but as you indicated, he's a hard person to get a hold of. We tried the night before, tried during the day. And when we had to move the, the structures, yeah. even the people, even the people that are in the homeless encampment there, how they didn't want to occupy the space. Yeah, I, I will. I will say I will say this because I, I want to make sure I get my facts straight as well. I did have a hard time reaching him this morning, but that's only been a few hours. I've never had issues reaching him before by email or by phone. So I, I, I'm not sure that's a an ongoing issue with this person. But this morning I did have a hard time reaching him. All right, Sergeant, yeah, thank I, you. Very, thank you very much. I'll give the final word to you. 
just want to add one thing, Hal, that, that other people have also went as far as to dropping couches off there now, which aren't being utilized. That is not a dumping space for those people in that community. They, 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 have, they have needs, yes, but, but putting a couch there that isn't being utilized, that's not helping their cause because people are driving by saying, that looks like a dump. So, you know, there's a process involved, and, and we're trying to follow that as much as we can. Sergeant, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So the province has introduced legislation that would authorize the sale of alcoholic beverages for takeout and delivery service. And joining us now on the phone to talk about it, Sean Jeffrey, the executive director of the Manitoba Restaurant and Food Association. Sean, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. How are you? Good. So this is a big deal. Absolutely. It's a massive deal. About two and a half years of work uh, has come to fruition right in time for Christmas. Why is it a big deal? Tell me why it's a big deal for your members. Well, you know, the reality is that for for restaurants, it's a level playing field. So, you know, delivery of alcohol has actually been available for years through uh, beer and wine stores. But uh, now when you're ordering that uh, that, uh, great set of pasta or that nice pizza and you want to order, uh, you know, a bottle of wine or a bottle of beer to go along with that and have that delivered, you're going to be able to have that done. Now, uh, the uh, the legislation has been introduced. So this is not happening yet, is it? No, no, you're uh, you're right. Uh, it does have to go through uh, a couple readings in the House and then has to go to LGCA for the actual uh, amendment to the actual LGCA Act. But uh, we do expect it to be hopefully in place before the summertime. And, you know, they're delivering everything now, right? So why not this, right, through your members? It, it does make sense. It certainly, as you said, uh, helps your members, restaurants out there, uh, compete and uh, offer great food and now great drink as well. Absolutely. And, you know, and it also lands into the social responsibility aspect too. So, you know, you're having that uh, that fun dinner party with your friends or family at home and you've uh, partaked in a couple beverages already that evening. And instead of getting in your vehicle and potentially putting yourself at risk, now you can have that product delivered right to your home along with that food that you've ordered. Anyway. Any idea when we might see this for real? Like I said, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, once it goes to uh, to the LGCA for actually having the adjustments to the actual Liquor Control Act, uh, we should have to see this before summertime. But there's a good step in the good direction, obviously. It's, uh, you know, it's come to, it's been about two and a half years of uh, uh, some heavy lifting to try to get this, uh, get, uh, get this push to the government. So now that it's happened, uh, uh, only time will tell, but uh, we're at least excited that it is going forward in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. And I'll bet you the delivery services out there like Skip and some of the others uh, are pretty happy about this too, eh? Absolutely. I'm sure they are, you know, but, uh, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of work on their plate too to make sure that because uh, there's a lot of training and development that needs to happen with their drivers and, and our members also, you know, and making sure that they have the proper uh, training and smart choices, which is a certification you need to require here in Manitoba to serve alcohol. So, but uh, in the in the end, it's about convenience that delivery Delivery of food and uh, and now alcohol is, is a convenience factor that's been around for some time, very successful here in Manitoba. And uh, now we're at least uh, being able to offer the full dining experience and uh, comfort of your own home. You know, uh, Sean, I worked for many years when I was on rock radio in the bars, many bars, many nights. And I know how backward the liquor laws were in this province for a long time. And boy, have we come a long way in Manitoba for this, eh? Absolutely. You know what? Uh, after the consultations with both uh, LGCA and the provincial government, uh, especially Minister Wharton, um, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely guiding us in the, in the right direction to be able to make sure the businesses are as successful as they can potentially be here in Manitoba. And, uh, and this is a step in the right direction. They do recognize that 
this is one way to, to make restaurants more viable and giving us another option to service our customers. And, uh, you know, there was, there was no, uh, there was no qualms in them and making sure this was, uh, was, was, uh, was uh, introduced and uh, put into law. One more question on this, and then I've got another question on something else for you. Uh, what were the sure. challenges? You said this went on for two and a half years, over well over two years. What were uh, some of the critics of this idea? What were their arguments? Why did it take so long? It seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, you know, the, the reality is, is that it, there was really never any opposition to the actual law itself. Like I said, they have been delivering alcohol uh, through third-party delivery services for some time now, but I think that you know, we want to make sure that from a social responsibility standpoint of view and that it was the best for everybody. Uh, and we wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, that everybody was involved. And uh, it does take time. Obviously, everybody knows that these types of things do take time. And we've been patient. And obviously, patience has come to fruition now. And we're really excited for that. That, uh, you know, uh, we all know that uh, when, when you try to get uh, legislation put through and, uh, and it does require, you know, multiple stakeholders, right? And those stakeholders all need to have their input. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, we're talking today about Black Friday and, and Black Friday weekend sales. And so far in Winnipeg, they look like they were pretty good. At least several of the retailers that we talked to were also heading into a busy time of the year for restaurants. Talk about that, because this is really a, a time when a lot of restaurants will make or break their year. Hey. Eh? Absolutely. It's a huge time of year, especially for uh, both for the Christmas party side and for the sales of gift cards. So, um, you know, Mother Nature is uh, playing well with us this year and giving us some pretty nice weather and holding off as much as we can. So that's engaging people. Uh, I was actually able to uh, attend the uh, the Christmas tree lighting yesterday at, uh, at uh, the City Hall and uh, made my way over to Red River College and had a lovely dinner at Jane's. And you know what? Uh, three below, maybe we wouldn't have done that. So, that actually makes a big difference. Uh, our members are seeing, obviously, an uptick in, in business. And as long as this weather holds out for us and gives us some uh, favorable temperatures, I consider to see that uh, continue to go forward. How does the artificial Christmas tree at Silly Hall look? It looks actually spectacular. And Good. you know what? Uh, it was a uh, you know, great job to our, uh, our, uh, our elected officials at uh, City Hall for, for putting on a great uh, event and raising some, getting some toys for, for charity and, uh, and you know, uh, allowing people, both you know, the public, to be able to come and partake in that. And uh, Mayor Bowman was there, and it was nice to see him. Yeah. Sean, thanks a lot for this. All the best. I'm sure we'll chat again before Christmas, but uh, thanks for doing this. Take care, Hallie. Have a great day. Alan Castell is here from Alpha Technologies, Winnipeg's Alpha Technologies. I saw a story the other day. Al, first of all, good afternoon. How good are afternoon. you, sir? Hell, I'm good. Good to see you. So uh, here's the headline. FBI warns about smart TV security. And uh, you read the article. I saw it. I glossed over it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I sent you an email and I included the article and you go, oh, it just begins with the smart TV. And I imagine a lot of people have maybe purchased a smart TV, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or maybe mm-hmm. they're going to be. or maybe Any electronics, Hal, right now. Any, Any electronics, electronics it's talking all, to the internet. It's all hooked up to the internet, right? Well, once you do that, and this is what people, and I try to use analogies for clients. And if you think of your house and the security of your house, the doors that you have in your house, well, a router or a firewall, that's kind of what it is. It's that security on your house. It's just protecting against the Internet. The Internet, once somebody is in, and so when you use your TV and you add it and it says, oh, you got to connect up to the Internet and, hey, give us permission to do this, number one, read the screen. Read the details because if they're asking for whatever access and there's no password or anything associated, effectively what you could be doing is just opening up a door to your TV with cameras, with microphones, 
or even using that as a broaching point to get into the rest of your house. Right, because mm-hmm. we're all on Wi-Fi now, right? Absolutely. So, so they come in through the TV potentially, and now they're... Well, they in- come through your router, because what happens, right. Hal, is your TV has to get out and communicate. Yeah. So there's, there's a way that this is done. And so what the bad guys do, effectively think of it as knocking on doors. We're knocking on doors, and when one gets answered, oh, that's the TV door. So there's instructions as to which door to go to. What guys do, bad guys do... They knock on every door and they knock on every door everywhere because they can use computers to do the knocking and they find where there's holes. And once they get a hole and they breach in, they get past your router and get into your actual environment, then it's free reign because you don't protect against the people that are already in. Yeah. You're not putting security doors on your bathrooms and your bedrooms. You're putting them on... So once somebody's in, that's when they can do So damage. what can they get then by going in through that new smart TV that I bought on Black Friday? What mm-hmm. can they get access to? Well, turn on your cameras. Maybe listen to you. How many people have a, a TV in their bedroom? Yeah. There you go. That leaves that one open to, to what could happen. Right. Um, look at how many times we were looking with Amazon or with Google where things were happening and people were worried that conversations were being recorded. Every notebook has a camera in it. Every notebook has a microphone built into it. So you see the scope is once they're in with one, now there's the opportunity to go in and get the access to the other ones. And most people are not IT people. So they don't have any concept of how to be secure. The security of your home, for the most part, is pretty much dependent upon the people that are installing your internet. Mm -hmm. You're getting that piece of hardware, that modem, they're bringing that in, and a lot of the times they're the ones that are responsible for setting you up to be secure. Well, it's like having the guy that pumps your gas make sure that your car is perfectly tuned. It's not always the same skill set. Yeah, doesn't make sense. No. Let me ask you another one that gets said all the time. Sure. Little be- little piece of tape over top of the camera. Mm-hmm. Is that a good idea? Absolutely, it is. Really? You know what? They actually will give out when I go to some of these shows, these security shows. One company years ago, now they all do it. They give out a little thing that sticks on there, and it has a little slider door on it. So if I have a couple at home, I have to make sure to toss a few yeah. in your way. But it has a little door that you can open and close on it. Yeah. Really? So yeah. then you can use the camera or make sure it's not in use. Yep. Yeah. But wow. a lot of the times, it's protecting how they get in. Yeah. Okay? We can't be terrified of our technology. The no. advantages we have, we, we want to use. We just have to be careful, right? We have to be careful. Read the screen. A lot of the people just skip through. They're so excited to get that new TV or notebook. They just click, yes, 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 yes. And they yeah. don't really read. And then they end up getting spam. And then, like, so there's so many things that once they know who you are, then you can now start to look at other things. But what happens, though, if you don't like what you see on the screen, you click no, and now you've got a TV that's not terribly smart. Or it may not be given, or, you know what, get a friend. Find somebody who's got a little more tech savvy, or even say, you know what, no, and go Google that, because you'd be surprised how many other people run into the same screens. As long as you've got a key phrase, and I just actually did this this morning. I went and I searched a key phrase because I had Google telling me something on my home automation I'd never heard of before. I went, and sure enough, Another thousand people out there had encountered the same thing, and I got my solution this morning. So Google those things. I saw Roku. I set up a new TV. I'm guilty. I bought a brand-new 65-inch TV a couple of days ago as well. Went through the same concerns. I didn't buy one with a a camera in it because... Why do I need a camera yeah, what, what in my is the, TV? What is the purpose of that? I guess so you can be on online from your TV. You know what? If you're going right? to do that, get the Facebook portal or get or get you know others. There's other devices that are built to be secure communications between points. If that's what you're doing, yeah. I wouldn't be buying the camera in my TV because it's kind of like the camera in your notebook. It's not really. It's it's a 
need to put it in there, not yeah. really top of the line, state of the art. You mentioned Facebook portal. I see the ads yeah. with, uh, the, with Muppets. the Fozzie Bear. Yeah. Is it a basically? It's a, a a video phone, I guess. Eh? It's a video phone that has its own little contact list. It makes it really easy for people that may, maybe aren't so tech savvy to ah. say, "Hey, do this." You can do this with with many devices from webcams. I mean, people have been doing it with their iPhones for years. So there's lots of other ways to do it. It's just that's a really easy, take it out of the box, plug it into your TV, put in the, you know, the the phone number or the email address of the person and off you go. That might be a good one for my mom, my mom Ada, right? She's not very uh, technically savvy, but yet uh, that way she could uh, see how I'm getting older. It's amazing how seniors are adopting (laughs) the automation, you know, like that's one of the people that I see doing it all the time. And it's nice to see because it's empowerment at the end of the day, isn't it? It's about, I have a mother who hadn't seen the internet before, you know, I, I set her up for it now. She's telling me about stories and replying to Facebook posts, sometimes embarrassingly, showing pictures of when I was young, those kind of things. So sometimes technology can be dangerous. We got my mother, my mother-in-law is the same way. We got her uh, an iPad and we thought, oh, is she going to, you know, but she is on it. She's on fire. Yep. Yeah. Oh no, it's simply exposing and they're becoming, I mean, the target market is that demographic, isn't it? It is the boomers, so to speak, is is the target market. You know what we have to do? Let's plan on this, get you in in the next week or two, and we'll talk about hot tech uh, items for Christmas. Like a holiday tech thing. I Absolutely. Think that would, that oh, I got a, a few one. probably from brand new smartphones that are out there yeah. to some new tech that's coming. Absolutely. Okay, we'll do that. Any other uh, security issues? You, you know, the smart TV is an obvious one that a lot of people are getting TVs right now. What about uh, any other? Number one, passwords, everybody. Yeah. Make sure you got good secure passwords. I think I've told you, you can use many tricks from having things like a license plate of my daughter's car and I'm going to use that, you know. But but come up with a password yeah. that's better than password with a period at the end. You know, right. that's number one password security is the utmost yeah. important. Because as you said, you know, the bad guys have computers. They're not sitting there typing stuff in. They've got computers that try every combination of letters and words are the easiest, right? Absolutely. If you don't start, and and, I mean, we could sit here and do the math on it, but when you've got 26 letters and, and 10 digits of numbers... That's not a big number for mm. a computer when you think of how many combinations and permutations there is. As yeah. soon as you start adding exclamation marks, capitalizing, things like that, it makes it tremendously, logarithmically more difficult. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. I want to ask you something else uh, while I've got you here. You're always great about giving us great information that we can use. But I mm. want to talk about uh, you deal a lot in phones. Yes. And, and I was telling my boss here about this, how you are able to take these phone systems, these older phone systems, mm-hmm. and save a ton of money by going with a better technology. Yeah, by, by introducing and using the internet that you're already paying for and then introducing your phone lines through that, yeah. it gives you so much more flexibility. For example, I've had friends go to China on business trips and given them an extension on my phone system here in Winnipeg so that when they're phoning their family, they're connecting wirelessly or connecting through the hotel Wi-Fi, yeah. connecting to a phone system in Winnipeg and making a local call. Costing them nothing. Costs them nothing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing what tech can do. Alpha Technologies, a Winnipeg company. Alan Castell is the owner, and he joins us once in a while. We are going to get you back uh, before the holidays. I want to talk. Love to. Tech presence. All right. Uh, On Jeff Courier's show, he had on uh, Michael LeBlanc from the Retail Council of Canada. Michael was telling Jeff, too soon to say for sure, um, U.S. numbers were showing pretty good sales. And uh, we thought we'd phone around to some local retailers and ask them how Friday and Saturday and Sunday was, and even into this week, because, of course, uh, Monday was Cyber Monday. A lot of people online. Uh, Cam Poitras, the uh, producer of this show, called around, talked to quite a few people. I was mentioning before the news, over at Kern Hill, they said uh, Friday sales up 25%. 
Saturday, 30% higher, 10% higher on Sunday uh, compared to a normal uh, weekend. And uh, Kern Hill Furniture saying it was sort of like Boxing Week, which traditionally here in Winnipeg has been bigger than Black Friday weekend. But Black Friday over the past several years has definitely become more of a thing. Joining us on the phone now, Joe Namath, owner uh, senior, Joe Namath Sr., the owner of uh, Namath Diamonds. Joe, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Thank you, thank you very much. It's uh, Hal here. Uh, Cam was who oh, you were talking. That's okay. It gets confusing. You talk to a lot of people before you get on the air. No problem at all, yeah. Joe. So listen, I understand Cam tells me you guys had a pretty good Black Friday and Black Friday weekend as well. We did. We did. Uh, we're very pleased with the numbers and the traffic that we've had through the Black Friday event. Can you put a number on it for us? Well, numbers-wise, compared to last year, we found that we've had an increase about 50% is what we have found. 50%? In traffic and in sales, yes. In sales, 50% and more traffic. What do you, uh, yes. what do you think the reason for that is? I sense a, a confidence out there in people when it comes to spending money. I guess that's the case. Well, I think it's become uh, what, what is happening is that Black Friday sales are getting people into the Christmas shopping mood. And we also found that uh, Black Friday sales has become popular with our customers. It's just picking up. Yeah, and I think it is sort of a great way. In the past, it hasn't been for Canadians. It's been in the U.S., but I think it is a way for uh, that holiday shopping season to kick off unofficially earlier than normal for us. And I, and I think it has been good for retailers. Yes, it gets people in the mood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what sort of a holiday season are you expecting then? I'm I'm expecting it to be uh, stronger than last year. Stronger than last year. And what are the big items? Obviously, you guys are in the diamond business. What are uh, well, some of the more popular items? The popular items are engagement rings at this time of the year. Yeah. Uh, diamond pendants, earrings are a big thing, diamond solitaire earrings. So these are all bracelets. These are all high-ticket items. I would suggest, Joe, that for you to see an increase of 50% over Black Friday and Black Friday weekend, that says a lot because this is your time of the year, right, in the jewelry business. You're busy now. Exactly, yes. Yeah, that's significant. Joe, thanks a lot for telling us about it. I appreciate it. Thank you, Hal. Joe Namath Sr. over at Namath Diamonds. A 50% increase over last year during Black Friday and Black Friday weekend. Lori Gobiel is the owner of Eliminator RC Hobby Store. Hi, Lori. Good afternoon. Hi, Al. How are you? I am excellent. What about you guys? Black Friday, Black Friday weekend, even into this week. How's it been? Um, the sales have been good. The sales have been good, definitely. Um, we did see uh, an increase in, in traffic. We normally are fairly busy at this time of year, but Black Friday, I think a lot of people stayed in Manitoba uh, shopping rather than going down to the States, even though I'm sure there was quite a few that went down there as well. Yeah, the dollar just doesn't make that trip worth it anymore, does it? It really doesn't when you sit down and think about it. Um, you know, maybe there is a couple of bargains, but in our particular business, which is hobby um, model, uh, radio-controlled model airplanes and cars and trucks and things like that, um, there really isn't a savings. Uh, in fact, we're in most times uh, even less expensive than buying it in the States. 
So, so Black it, Friday becoming a thing here in Winnipeg and Manitoba and Canada has been good for business then, eh? I believe it is good for business. And I was um, listening to Mr. Nemeth there speak about how it kind of gets people in the mood. And I think, too, with our milder weather, it helps a lot. Um, people aren't afraid to go out of the house, um, which isn't always the case in, in the end of November for us. That's a good point. The weather has been pretty nice for shopping, hasn't it? It's been excellent weather for shopping, and it's, you know, the streets have been clear, um, traffic hasn't been too bad, and, um, you know, it makes people want to go outside and enjoy the milder weather that we have been experiencing. Yeah. So at Eliminator RC, you said you've seen more foot traffic, more people coming through the door, and an increase in sales. Can you put a number on the sales increase? Well, our uh, sales, unfortunately, weren't the 50% that other people were experiencing, but uh, definitely we have, uh, you know, about a 20% increase in sales over last year at this time. Um, Black Friday, though, this year is later than it was last year, and I don't know if that had something to do with it as well, but um, definitely we've been seeing, you know, people um, at least um, uh, scoping out what it is that they're going to be coming back to purchase, um, if not just leaving out the door with it at that time. Yeah, but a 20% increase, as you said, at a time of year where it's already busy for you, that's great news. Oh, it's fantastic news. Yeah, definitely. Um, We do, you know, promote Black Friday, though, and we do have a number of just really super, super sales for people to take advantage of. And uh, if they're uh, lucky enough to um, have the timing and and be in the store and grab that, then, you know, definitely it's, it's an advantage for them as well to be able to put more under the tree at, you know, less of a pocketbook. You know, I'll tell you this, Lori, and the same with, uh, with Joe Namath. Um, You guys understand the importance of getting your message out there, marketing and promoting and advertising, because people don't know you've got black Friday deals if you don't tell them you've got Black Friday deals, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, advertising is very important, especially for Winnipeg. And, you know, we we do try to advertise as much as possible. And we were sponsoring uh, the Great Cup uh, announcements with you guys as well. And um, it's it's important. It's important to let people know that, you know, there is specials to be had. And Winnipeg's always been, you know, um, flocking to any kind of deals that there is because we all like to save money. Um, And uh, yeah, you definitely have to let people know that you do have deals for them to to save. Yeah. Lori, thanks a lot for this. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Thank you. You have a great day too, okay? Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.